You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. If goodness is running after you, if goodness will run after you, if you run after your business, if you run after your family, in the name of Jesus, the goodness of the Lord will run after us as a nation, in the name of Jesus. Friends, listen attentively. The lyrics is on the screen. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. How? With my life laid down. If your life is not laid down, if you are not surrendered now, if you don't give God everything that you've got, His goodness cannot run after you. Hallelujah. We can verbalize it, we can sing it with auto tenor bars from now till kingdom come. It's contingent upon the fact that your life is laid down for him. Contingent upon the fact that you are surrendered to the Lord. They say, Lord, here I am, use me. Do with me whatever pleases you. Send me wherever you want to. And I'm ready to go for you. Your finances, your everything you've got, you surrender it to him. Just with my life laid down. I am surrendered now. I give you everything. That's when you are qualified to make a demand that is goodness will begin to run after you. Lift up your voice and say, Lord, here I am. I lay down everything before you. I'm fully surrendered. I surrender my will. I surrender my emotions. I surrender my soul. I surrender my desires. I surrender my business. Everything that I've got, I surrender it to you. Just make that commitment to the Lord. Make that commitment. We know it's not by power, neither is it by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's the spirit of God that can help us to be fully surrendered. To be fully surrendered. When we have done that, that we are qualified to be recipients of his goodness. Recipients of his goodness running after us. Lord, I lay down my life. It's yours. After all, it's not mine. It's not mine. It's your life that I'm living. Lord, help me. I surrender my own will, my desires, my thoughts, my businesses, my resources. They are not mine. They are yours. I surrender them all to you. I give you everything. I give you everything, Lord. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. And the people of God say, let's give it up to the Lord. Let's make a joyful noise. Let's make a joyful noise to him this morning. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Let me ask your neighbor, did you mean what you just said? Are you really surrendered? Are you going to give the Lord everything? Your time, 
your resources, your life. Hallelujah. Do you really mean it? Please look at him or I in the eyeball. Look eyeball to eyeball. Do you really mean it? Are you sure? May his goodness run after you. I said, may the goodness of the Lord run after you. In the name of Jesus. Let's put our hands together for Jesus as we get seated this morning. Good morning, church. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, precious voices, for that very inspiring song. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. As a young man growing up in the Lord, whether I had food to eat was secondary. All I ever wanted was to be in the presence of the Lord. I would rather not eat and reserve the last naira for transport to take me to God's presence in church. Hallelujah. I would rather I just keep a meal if that's what it will take. That hasn't changed up till this day. There is nothing I cannot give to the Lord. Nothing. Nothing. If he needs it, Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Because if you don't give him, he already gave us everything. He gave his only begotten son. The only son of his love is whom he gave to us. So what can we withhold from him? If he has given us everything. So when he gave us Jesus, he gave us his best. The only begotten. And by the time Jesus went back to the Father and he gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave us everything. Jesus was his best, but the Holy Spirit was everything. Because he's the commander of the store of heaven. Hallelujah. Everything that God owns is now the chief commander and executor. As far as relationship with man is concerned. Is the one that is here in us. Hallelujah. In John chapter 14, verse 23. If anyone loves me, my father will love him. And we, my father and I, give me John 14, 23. So it's the embodiment of everything that the father has. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and are you reading what I'm reading on the screen? And who? Capital W. Isn't it? We. The we there, Jesus was speaking and said, my father will love him and we, referring to himself, Jesus and the father, we come to him and make our capital O, the home of God, where? With him. How? Through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. So when, G, when God gave us his only begotten son, John 3, 16, he gave us his best. The only begotten, means the best that he ever has. By the time he gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave us everything. Because he has given us himself, Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, and, have, and the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us. So when we're singing that song, those were the things going on in my heart. 
says, yes. yes. His goodness will follow us. When you surrender all, when you give him your life, when you give him everything, because he, first and foremost, has given you everything. Glory to God. How much love God has towards us that he should treat us in such a manner that God will leave his throne to come and dwell in us. What a privilege. Let me tell your neighbor you are a God carrier. You are carrying God on your inside. What a privilege that God will make you his abode. Will make you, he wake his home in you. What a great privilege. What a privilege that we have. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Amen. Contending for the faith. Quite a number of weeks and we're still continuing in this broad series and um, the subtitle is Matters Arising Part 2. Jude, let's read from Jude from verse 1. We will read to 13. And our emphasis today is on verses 11 to 13. ESV. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, please never you forget this. And one of the reasons why I want us to keep reading this is to let you know that you have the call of God upon your life. If you are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, you have the calling of God upon your life. Don't make light of that calling. Hallelujah. You have been called of God. Say, Pastor, but I thought it's only pastors and prophets and apostles and evangelists that are called. No! You've got the call of God upon your life. He knew you from right from your mother's womb. His holy hand is upon you and you have a holy calling upon your life. Jude, servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called. And not only have you been called, you have also been beloved in God. Beloved in God. In other words, God loved you unconditionally right from the foundation of time. Not contingent upon what you did. If not, the best that could happen to you was to hang on a cross. Because the soul that sins shall die. But because he so much so loved you, he gave his best for you when you are yet a sinner. So you are beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. This is the stage where we are. May the Lord keep you till the end for Christ. May false teachers not sweep you away from Christ. I, I thought I would have a more powerful Amen. May the Lord keep you for himself in the name of Jesus. Kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you in the name of Jesus. Verse number three. We are reading on. Beloved, although I was very eager to write you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. 
For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, hallelujah, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of that great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. God is against every form of sexual immorality and perversion, unnatural desire. Unnatural desire. Man going after man, woman going after woman. It doesn't matter. Somebody can tell me, well, I just have those natural instincts. Those are not natural instincts. Those are instincts inspired by demonic forces operating in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, let's respect their rights. What rights? That's not the way you are created by God. As long as God has created you, you didn't jump down from the skies. He gave, he put natural desire of a man to a woman in your heart. Every unnatural desire is perverted and is from the pit of hell. Can I have an amen? amen. Friends, judgment is going to come upon those that practice such. That's what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Yet, in like manner, verse 8. These people also, relying on their dreams, they defile the flesh, the false teachers. They're relying on their dreams, they have revelations to give all of the time. Defile the flesh, they reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Hallelujah. Just listening to the previous messages. God has helped us to open this up to you. Verse 11. This is where we are now. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. 
Let's read through 13 and then we'll come back to 11. Woe 12. These are children hidden reefs at your law feast as they feast with you without fear. Glory to God. You know why I'm smiling? They're always around us. Shepherds feeding themselves. Waterless clouds swept along by winds. Fruitless trees in late autumn. Twice dead. Uprooted. Wild waves of the sea. Casting up the foam of their own shame. Wandering stars. For whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Today, by the grace of God, we are continuing in the series, like I've told us, having examined the judgment against false teachers we must, that we must look out for to avoid, else we make a shipwreck of our faith. And having established that God's judgment is imminent, as he did not spare his own children, the Israelites, whom he delivered out of Egypt by his power and might. Neither did God spare the angels who stepped out of order, nor the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and their surrounding cities that practiced sodomy. God didn't spare them. And he did all of that to show us an example. Jude then begins to describe these false teachers to us by likening them to characters in the scriptures to elucidate further and amplify the activities and characteristics of these false teachers and apostles. Hallelujah. So today, verse 11. Let's zero in on verse 11 and see how far we can go. In other words, Apostle Jude haven't told us that we must contend for the faith. He then went ahead to tell us about those we must contend against in verse 4 when he talks about those certain men, those certain people that have crept in unawares. And after that he began to tell us that if God could bring judgment upon his people, his children, the children of Israel, whom he saved by his mighty power out of Egypt, and if God could bring judgment upon the angels that stepped out of order, and even upon Sodom and Gomorrah and all the surrounding cities, that God is not going to spare them. Hallelujah. He then begins to continuing to exalt you, to exalt me. It says, woe to them. For they what? They walked in the way of Cain. Give it to me in the New Living Translation, verse 11. What sorrow awaits them, those who practice these things? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for, for, for money. That's why I'm reading the NLT. Because when you say for gain, it's a bit, but let's call it what it is. Hallelujah. And like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. Amen. Today, we'll look at the first character that Apostle Paul is using to amplify the characteristics of those who creep into us and we must, who are trying to make a shipwreck of our faith, whom we must contend against. 
Can I have an amen? And the first character we're looking at there is Cain. They follow the footsteps of Cain. What does it mean to follow the footsteps of Cain? Hallelujah. They walked in the way of Cain. The NLC says the footsteps of Cain. The New King James says they walked in the way of Cain. When we talk of walking in the way of somebody or following the footsteps of someone, we are simply talking about being or following the example of somebody. Hallelujah. I think that is straightforward enough. And the rhetorical question I would like to ask is, who is your example? Whom are you following? Whom are you following? Whom are you modeling your life after? Some of us have business mentors. We may never have met them, but we look at them from afar off, and they are succeeding in our line of business. They are succeeding in our trade. They are succeeding, and they are chatting and blazing the trail. They are trailblazers in our line of business, and we begin to model our life after them unconsciously. Hallelujah. So who is your example? Whom are you patterning your life after? Glory to God. It is commonly used to describe following the moral example of somebody. Usually an ancestor. Let's look into the scriptures. 1 Kings 15. 1 Kings 15. We can just stick to ESV for now. Verses 25 to 26. When you talk about walking in the footsteps of, walking the way of, 1 Kings chapter 15, 25 to 26. Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, began to reign over Israel in the second year of Asa, the king of Judah. And he reigned over Israel how many years? Two years. And 26, what happened? He did what was what? evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his and in his sin which he made Israel to who was his father? Jeroboam Jeroboam was he became an epitome of evil leadership in Israel you can trace who Jeroboam is when you hear the testimony of his master Solomon that this was a mighty man of valor. And how it turned out, fear will grip you. It is not he that begins the race, it's he that endures to the end that wears the crown. Hallelujah. So Nadab did evil in the sight of the Lord. He walked in the way of his father. His father was evil. So what happened? Since he chose to live his life after the pattern of his father, he also did evil in the sight of the Lord. Hallelujah. Go down to verse 33 and 34. The same chapter 15 of 1 Kings. In the third year of Asa, the king of Judah, Baasha, the son of Ahijah, began to reign over all Israel at Tiza. And he reigned for how many years? 24 years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And did what? Walked in the way of Jeroboam. And in his sin, which he made Israel. 
So Jeroboam was his pattern. Jeroboam was his example. He walked in the way of Jeroboam. He followed in the footsteps of Jeroboam. The question is, who is your example? Whom are you following? Whom are you patterning your life after? When you begin to admire someone and want to pattern your life after them, even the words from their mouth, because the Bible tells us, John chapter 6, verse 63, the words that I speak, they are what? Their spirit and their life. You begin to catch their spirit. Can I have an amen? You begin to catch their spirit. So if that Guru Baba, Guru Maharaji, that's his faith, even though he's the trailblazer in your field and he's the one you are patterning and modeling your life after. And everywhere he goes to give a speech, you're always following. Every time he gives a seminar on how to become a millionaire, how to achieve it, and you follow. You know what will happen? His spirit, you begin to catch it. Can I have an amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Is someone here this morning? So who is your model? Who is your example? Whom are you modeling your business life after? Whether it's your business life, whether it's your family life, whether it's your spiritual life. Who your example is matters. Glory to God. Second Chronicles chapter 11. Second Chronicles chapter 11. You can read that story from verses 1 to 17. It's the story about the priests and the Levites who came to strengthen the kingdom of Judah. Hallelujah. This was mirroring the time of Jeroboam and Rehoboam when there was chaos. Jeroboam became an evil king. He set up two festivities for the children of Israel. He was such an insecure leader, he did not want the children of Israel to go to Jerusalem to worship. Hallelujah. Once a year, God commands his people to come, three times a year actually, to come to Jerusalem to worship. And that practice continued until the time of Christ. You remember they had to leave Bethlehem and go to Jerusalem? Hallelujah. To go and worship. And on the way back, he stayed behind and God lost among the rabbis. Hallelujah. So when Jeroboam came hundreds of years before Jesus, he was so insecure. Jerusalem was in Judah. And he was ruler over Israel. Because God tore the kingdom of Israel into two. After Solomon. Hallelujah. He gave ten to Jeroboam and left two for Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. Because of the wickedness of Solomon in his latter years. So the kingdom became divided. So here he was, he was giving ten kingdoms. Or ten, yeah, ten, ten nations out of twelve. He was so insecure. The other two was in the territory of Judah. He says, these people, if they start going to Judah, if they start going to Jerusalem, they may not rest, but you have ten. Insecurity is a problem. Insecurity can make you lose your faith. Insecurity can make you make a shipwreck of your faith. Some husbands are so insecure. Some wives are so insecure. Some bosses are so insecure. It was insecurity. Let's leave Jeroboam. Today is not the day of Jeroboam. We are talking about Cain. Hallelujah. Go to verse 17. And read 
the entire verses 1 to 17. When Roban came to Jerusalem, don't worry yourself, I just want to bring out the point. Then they strengthened the kingdom of Judah for three years. They made Rehoboam the son of Solomon secure. Hallelujah. For they walked for three years in the way of David and Solomon. When Solomon was still following the good path. Glory to God. My emphasis there is in whose way are you walking? Who is your example? Who is your business example? Who is your business mentor? Who they are matter so much. Because you will catch their spirit. Can I have an amen? Ezekiel 23. Ezekiel 23. You can read from verses 1. All the, you can read the entire chapter. Again, this is a tale of two sisters. The sisters are Ohola and Oholiba. And these are metaphors or metaphoric names that were used to represent Samaria and Jerusalem. Samaria was the capital of Israel and Jerusalem was the capital of Judah. Hallelujah. So the name of the elder was Ohola, which was Israel, and Oholiba, the name of her sister. They became mine. They bore sons and daughters. As for their names, Ohola is Samaria and Oholiba is Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Very powerful story. Please read it. We don't have all the time. But what happened? Go with me to verse 31. I'm just trying to emphasize to you when, we, when you see walking in the way of or in the footsteps of, don't make it lightly that after I just like the things it does and that's why I'm doing it, the spirit will soon begin to operate in your life. You have gone the way of your sister. Therefore, I will give her cup into your Glory to God. Watch who your example is. Oh, well, pastor, you know, even though I know he's an unbeliever, but you know, his success cannot, you cannot argue with results. Look at the result he's making. He's a billionaire, he's a rich man. Who is powering him? What is the spirit that is driving him? What is the spirit that is behind that so-consuming success that you are seeing? Glory to God. Can I have an amen? Don't lust after evil in any guise whatsoever. Don't long to be after anyone not following the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how successful they are in ministry. No matter how successful they are in business. No matter how successful they are in their family life. What you are seeing may not be what is behind or what will come upon you if you follow the example. Don't long after anyone that is not following the pattern of living that Jesus has laid down for us. It's dangerous. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. They must never become your model. They may be succeeding in the physical, in their businesses, in their family life. You don't know what is powering them. You don't know what is driving them. Hallelujah. You don't know what is driving them. I love the phrase that my pastor said some years back. I listened in one of his messages. He says, I don't care what you are driving. You may be driving a Bentley. You may be driving, but I care about what is driving you. Hallelujah. 
Don't care about what people are driving. Don't care about the externalities. What is driving them is what should matter to you. Be careful who your example is. Be careful who you are following. Many of you are followers. Instagram, IG, you have followers. On Facebook, you are following people you don't know. You don't know what is driving them. It's the flashy things they are putting. Anybody, don't judge a book by its cover. Luther Vandross sang that many years ago. It's still in the body, but it's not in the spirit. Hallelujah. Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover. Look at the externalities. And, the, the, and that's what we do, all these Instagram things. Somebody's posting this. You don't even know their life. You know nothing about them. And they have become your model. You latch onto their model. No wonder their spirit is beginning to operate in you. Hallelujah. Marriage counselor. Somebody says, blessing CEO. is marriage counselor doing this. And will be telling you all manners of funny things. And you are taking counsel from blessing CEO. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They have millions of followers. I may not have 10. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you are driving. It's what is driving you that is important. Hallelujah. You've gone quiet on me now. Because I hit you below the belt. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Paul urged the Corinthian Christians to follow his example. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Imitatos. Imitate me. But thank God, because he later qualified it and became more circumspect in a later chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. He says, I urge you then, be imitators of me. But he quickly corrected and qualified it. Don't just follow me. Be imitators of me. Follow me as I follow Christ. You must be interested in what those, what is driving those you are following. It's very important and crucial. Don't just be after their success. Anybody can succeed, even the devil. Glory to God. After all, he said in Luke chapter 4, I will give you all of these kingdoms they've been handed over to me. If that is all you want, you can get it. Anybody can succeed anyhow. Glory to God. Angels, there are angels can fill your bank account with dollars. Yes, but that's not God. Hallelujah. Was an example of Christ. Peter also instructs us. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Who is your example? Whom are you following? Whom are you modeling your life after? Perhaps we have seen Paul. Let's hear what Peter has got to say about following the example of Christ. First Peter 2 verse 18. We'll read to verse 23. Give it to me in the NIV. New International Version. NIV. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are... Is somebody following this morning? Is that you? Or when you meet a boss who is not good and considerate, what do you do? You jump ship. 
Whereas there are lessons God wants you to learn. Hallelujah. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. Look, what's, why will David, the young little boy, what will he go and do in the palace of Saul? Why will God allow him? What was there in Saul's life to learn? But this young boy will become the future king of Israel. Saul, even though he was still physically on the throne, he had been dethroned in 1 Samuel 15. But for the next 40 years, he was still kept on the throne because the young David must mature. He must grow up. He must come to the state of maturity. Jesus was 30 when he began his ministry. Biblically, 30 is regarded as the age of maturity. So even though he had been anointed as 13 years old or 17 years old, as the case may be, I'm talking of David, he needed to grow up into maturity before he could mount the throne. And there are not only good lessons to learn, there are also bad lessons not. There are also ways of you, God also positions you or positions some people in your lives, could be your boss in the office, could be your neighbor where you are living, could be anybody. He positions them so that you also learn how not to behave wickedly. Hallelujah. So you are not just learning the right things, you are also learning how not to do the bad things. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourself to your masters. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Say, Pastor, why should I be submissive to somebody who is wicked, to somebody who is not good, to somebody... You are, you are telling me to be submissive. It is the Bible, not me. Can I have an amen? Just stay there. Just chill, chill, chill. There are lessons to learn. Say, Pastor, I can't bear this anymore. There are things in your life that God wants to take out. The only way to take out is by sending a wicked, harsh ruler. There are certain angers, there are certain behaviors that are your inside, that God must kill. There are certain serpents. And it's only wickedness that can bring those serpents out. Hallelujah. How many of you know that you have some behaviors you never know you had? But certain things will happen, and then you manifest. Say, hey, this thing is here. Legiri. Hallelujah. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You say, eh, was that me or my twin? It is you. It's just the occasion has not given itself. Yeah, they are criticizing somebody. He's sleeping around. It's because you have not had the occasion. When somebody throws himself at you, can you resist? Glory to God. Go and ask Brother Joseph. You will know that it takes God and the Spirit of God driving him. When your boss, your boss's wife, you are in charge of everything and says, here I am. Use me, Lord. Use me, David. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourself to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Listen and listen well. Someone here that God is emphasizing this too. It's not time for you to jump yet. Stay where you are. At the fullness of time, you will know when it is time for you to leave. Say the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. For it is commendable if someone he bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. Hallelujah. Look at that. Say it is commendable when you are in pain 
for unjust suffering. Because you are conscious of God. You know this is where God wants me to be. You know God has positioned me here for just a time like this. You know there are lessons you are learning that you could never learn anywhere. You have never seen this kind of wickedness all your life, all the days of your life. And this is life wickedness. It's because where he's taking you to, you meet times 10 of that. And if you have not seen the traces of it and know how to handle yourself, when you get there, you misbehave. And you even behave worse than the devil. Can I have an amen? It is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. Are you God conscious? You think God can lead you into the valley of the shadow of death? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are moments you must walk in the shadow of death. In the valley of the shadow of death. As yet he will keep me. Hallelujah. Because there are lessons to learn there that you never learn in the comfy zone that you like. Many of you like the comfort zones of life. Any little inconvenience, you, know, you, you, you take off. You get to a church and the pastor is preaching or somebody does something to you in the company and the next thing is you want to get out. You are not yet ready. In the marketplace there, they will show you pepe. If you don't know how to handle the little things uh, that brethren are doing to you and you are misbehaving, how will you be when you get to the marketplace? Glory to God. And that's the reason why many believers mess up when they get to the place of authority. They don't know how to handle it. They join them to loot. They, and you can't even recognize that they are Christians. You can't. I see that every day. See it every day. Believers, so-called believers, but they've not gone through the value of the shadow of death. They've not gone through pain and suffering. They don't know. They are not conscious of God in their daily walk. They put them in a place of authority. The power enters their head. They say, eh, we can do this. <laughs> oh God, that's the way we have been doing it. When you are in Rome, you have to behave like a Roman. Say, eh, it's true. Even when brethren are calling them, they don't want to hear their brother's phone. Hallelujah. Give me the next verse. We'll stop at 23. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? You steal, they catch you, they beat you, they sack you. What's that? But you did not steal. You did not cheat. Somebody lied against you that you are the one that stole. And then they sack you or do something. Uh That is endurance. Hallelujah. How is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? You don't endure it. Do you have a choice? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, it is what? Commendable before God. Hallelujah. Can you bear it? Can you, if you suffer for doing good and you still endure it and you use it like pomade to rub your body like say nothing happened, that is the one that is commendable before God. So this, you are what? Called. That is your calling. It's part of your package. That is part of your package. When you go through those experiences, indeed you are called. So this you are called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. You don't want to hear this. 
no I mean I no go so far. I no go beg for bread. God of miracle, now my papa. Oh. Uh, thank God for you. Is this not part of your scriptures? To this you are called. This is part of your calling. Stop running away from challenges. Stop running away from problems. Stop. Stop it. That's why you grow up. You are not strong in faith. You can't face challenges. You can't face situations. You can't face circumstances. You are easily tossed to and fro. You remain a baby 10 years after knowing Christ. You are still praying. Come and pray for me. I have a dick. When you should be up raising the dead. Can I have an amen? amen. Glory to God. Put your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. 22 and 23. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hauled insults at him, what did he do? I will also give you a piece of my mind. You have been giving us how many pieces? Is there anything left? No wonder there is nothing left in that mind again. Tell me, I will save my mind. I will give you a piece of my mind. They, they hauled their insults at him. He did not when he suffered, he made no threat. I will leave. I leave. Please leave. He made no threats when he suffered. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Is that you? Is that you? Do you leave it to God? Say, oh, I won't fight for those who fight for themselves. I must fight. You are, since you have been fighting, how many have you won? How many have you won since you have been fighting? How many have you won? Glory to God. We must allow the word of God to dwell richly in us and be practicers or doers of God's word. Not just, you know, hear us deceiving ourselves. The practicality of faith is lacking in many of our lives. We see these things, we read them, we gloss over them as if they don't matter. As if, no, that's for others, not for me. That's for apostles and bishops, not for me. Even the apostles and bishops, they are not living it. Glory to God. Who is your example? Whose footsteps are you following? Glory to God. I say glory to God. They are going to do good. There is a price to be paid. Amen? I said, if, there's, if you are going to do good, there is a price to be paid. What is the price? Suffering. Hello? I say suffering. You may not be popular with men. You may not be stinkingly rich. Who wants to stink anyway? To be stinkingly rich is to be rich and be stinking. Do you know how many rich men are stinking? We all know they are stinking, and yet you cannot run away from their richness. But they are stinking. But be assured that you may not be popular with men. You may not be stinkingly rich. But be assured that you will be popular and well-known in the courts of heaven. And any time a need comes up and you lift up your voice, and even if you don't, According to the thoughts of your heart, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you think or ask. Can I have an amen? amen. 
And I think that is the greatest privilege we can have. It's not the amount that you are stashed up in, in, in stock away or in water tank. It's not about those things. It's that you have a need and God rises up and meets you at the point of your need. That's a great privilege. Can I have an amen? Glory to God. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Amen. So that's the first matter arising. Now number two, it says they have taken the way of Cain. What exactly does it mean? What did Cain do? Let's go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 from verse 1 to 12. Let's see Cain. Let's unveil Cain. Since these people have followed the way of Cain, they follow the footsteps. They have walked in the way of Cain. Now Adam, I'm reading the ESV. Is our default unless otherwise stated? Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. May the Lord help you. I said, May the Lord help you. In all your endeavors, may God come true for you. In the name of Jesus. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a walker of the ground. So one was into livestock, the other was into crop farming. They are, all, they are both farmers. In the course of time, say time, time, in the course of time, you know, time reveals so many things. Time is the greatest umpire of life. If you want to you know, know the result of somebody's life, give it time. If somebody is deceiving you, give it time. It's a matter of time, you will know. It's one of the greatest umpires of our time, of life, time. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Or a offering. Emphasis mine. And Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. May the Lord regard your offering. In the name of Jesus. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Brother, sister, when you are sending that alert to bring your offering, know that God is watching. Hello? God is not in my account. He knows. He knows he's watching. Jesus demonstrated it when it was time to give. He went to sit near the altar, near the bowl, and he said, yeah, be giving the offering. And what was he doing? He was watching them. Technology, pull out that scripture. It's in the book of Luke. He was watching them. Then he saw the widow that gave the two mites. Hallelujah. And then Jesus now commented on it. That that widow gave all, gave the best. And yet there were many big men. <laughs> we dance. They would, you know, they would dance forward. They would dance backward. 
They will dance sideways. They will queue will have lined up behind them. They are doing thanksgiving. And then when they come, if you happen to know what some of them give, you say, with all this shakara, Jesus is keeping watch. Jesus looked, Luke 21, and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. Yes? Verse 2. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. Next. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than... Do you understand that statement? Everything, if you sum up what they all gave, what this woman gave is more than them. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in what? All she had to live on. So Jesus said, look, this woman gave more than all of you. And while some were speaking of the temple and how it had, was done with noble stones and offerings, he said, well, look at her. So Jesus is watching our offering. And now go back to Genesis. Hallelujah. If Jesus is watching our offering, and God the Father himself, one of the Holy Spirit that is dwelling on your inside, and he's telling you, but you know, this doesn't befit me. I say, Holy Ghost, please chill, chill, chill. There's project in front. There's project to be done. Kulu, kulu, kulu zil. When we finish the project, then I will be, he said, God knows... Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 4. You have to interrogate the scriptures. Genesis chapter 4. Let's go back to Genesis. So we've seen that Jesus in Luke 21 verses 1 to 4 sat over the offering and was monitoring what they were all giving. And through the gift of discernment, he knew how much. If you, you can do your hand like this. You can put it in an envelope. You can package it. No matter what you do to it, he knows. Do you believe that he knows? Because how did he see? Because not that they were carrying it like this. How did he see what they were giving? He knows. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, verse 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. May you rule over every forces of evil. Every forces of sin in your life, may they be subjugated in the name of Jesus. You must rule over it. Hallelujah. Say, look, when you want to give offering, say, as I will be speaking to you again today, say, our conference is here, and you know, we need support and all of that, and the Holy Spirit is saying, put that one million. Just put it. Trust me. Say, yeah, Holy Ghost, please. If this is a joke, just stop it. Just stop it, please. What I've bought, do you know how long I've been saving for this? You continue to save, it may never be enough. But if he's the one instructing you to give it, he knows how to miraculously make a way for you. Can I have an amen? amen. Glory to God. So Cain was very angry 
and his face fell. He has done bad, and yet I the hunger pass. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Verse 8. We're stopping at 12. Then Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. What did he say? Let's go to the field. Let's take a stroll. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel. And he did what? Killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? If you are not your brother's keeper, you'll be your brother's killer. Hallelujah. If you are not your brother's keeper, automatically you'll be his killer. And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you walk the ground, verse 12, he shall no longer yield to you his strength. May that never be your portion. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Very quickly, let me summarize what walking the way of Cain depicts. Number one. Number one. Walking the way of Cain depicts the following. Number one. One who has no regard for the Lord. They have no regard for the Lord. And how do we know? It is their offering that gave them away. I've told you many times before that your offering and what you do with it is symptomatic of your life. It's just like time is a measure of our life. Our offering, you know, the resources God brings our way. What you do with it shows what you are doing with your life. If you want to know the quality of a man, check out what he's spending most of his money on. You can through that discern what kind of a man this is. Hallelujah. So the first thing to know about walking the way of Cain is that Cain was one who has no regard for the Lord. Cain brought an offering, a offering. Pardon my linguistic mistake, just for emphasis. He brought an offering, but Abel brought the firstborn. Hallelujah. Look at the two. One brought an offering. Then the other brought what? The offering of the firstborn. Verse number three. Genesis 4.3. One brought an offering. Abel brought the. In the course of time, came brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And verse four. Abel also brought the and not just the, but the first. The firstborn. Hallelujah. The firstborn. The question is, does God occupy the first place in your heart? In your finances, does God occupy the first place in your finances? Does God occupy the first place in your marriage? Do you consider what God will want first before you take that decision? 
Or, those are the questions to ask. Walk in the way of Cain, the peace the following. One who has no regard for the Lord. Cain had no regard for the Lord. His offering gave him away. Whereas Abel prioritized God. He gave God the first. He gave God of the fat portions. He gave God the first. The firstborn. He prioritized God over every other thing. Number two. Cain represents one whom the Lord does not have regard. Since he did not have regard for God, God also does not have regard for him. Draw near unto God, God will draw near to you. Stay far away from God, and what will happen? God will be far away from you. Since he has no regard for God, God had no regard for him or his offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me verse 5. Does it? And the Lord had regard for Abel. May the Lord regard you. May you matter to God. May your marriage matter to God. May your children matter to God. May your business matter to God. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. He's first you. God is first interested in you. So whatever you are giving is a function of your giving of yourself to the Lord. Hallelujah. So God had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Number three. Number three. Cain represents one who is insensitive to spiritual matters. He was insensitive to spiritual matters or God's kingdom affairs. Very insensitive. He lacks perception. Cain pays lip service. He was insensitive to spiritual matters and kingdom affairs. How do I know? The Bible says in verse 5, but for Cain and his offering, God had no regard. Then see what happened. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. God has no regard for you and you are angry. He shows somebody who is insensitive. He could not even read between the lines. Can I have an amen? I said, ah, Baba God, why didn't you have regard for my own offering? Ah, ah, Lord, have mercy on me. Here, God, have mercy. No, the Bible says he became angry. Very insensitive to spiritual things and the things of the kingdom. That's what it means to walk in the way of Cain. If you are insensitive to spiritual things or the things of the kingdom, watch out. Or you lack perception. You pay lip service. You may be beginning to walk in the way of Cain. Number four. Cain represents one who does not think deep and is unrepentant. Doesn't think deep. He's unrepentant. I explained that. Verse, give me verse 6 and 7. Genesis 4. He represents one who does not think deep and is unrepentant. Now, we said he's not sensitive. But look at this. It's closely related. So the Lord, he was angry and his face fell. And God still came to him. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? What should that show him? God is saying, you have not done well. That is why I have no regard for you. What should he do? What should he do? In sackcloth and ashes, and lie down face flat, God have mercy on me. I know I'm a sinner. But he's very unrepentant. Is somebody following God even came to him that you have done wrong. 
Why are you angry? If you do well, you'll be accepted. But he was very unrepentant. He wasn't a deep thinker. Glory to God. Number five. What it means to walk in the way of Cain. Cain represents one who is selfish. Who does not care about the Lord. Neither does he care about his brother. And one who is not his brother's keeper. Cain represents one who is selfish. Who does not care about the Lord. Nor does he care about his brother. One that is not his brother's keeper. Here was he. He was not sensitive. Here is somebody who is not repentant. And then what did he do? Verse 8. Give me verse 8. One who is selfish. You did what is bad. God says, if you have done well, I will have accepted, I will have had regard for you. But you didn't do well. He was insensitive. He didn't care for the Lord. He doesn't care for the Lord. He has no regard for the Lord. Neither does he care about his brother. Look at the next thing he did. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. If you have my kind of Bible, there's an annotation there that says, he told his brother, let us go to the field. But it's implied. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, so whatever he told him was, let's go to the field. Can I have an amen? So when they got to the field, he rose up against his brother and killed him. So this guy has no regard for the Lord. He doesn't care about the Lord, about what he will say. He doesn't care about his brother, and he's not his brother's keeper. They are very selfish, just about themselves. That's all. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So he rose up against his brother and killed him. To be selfish means somebody who is greedy. He's greedy. Somebody who is self-seeking. Self-centered. These are synonyms for, self, for, for, for selfish. They are self-seeking. They are self-centered. They want the world to revolve around them. Not God. They don't care. They have no regard for God. They have become the God of their own life. Everything, they are self-centered, self-regarding, they are egoistic, they are self... Look, everything is just I, me, and myself. That's the kind of person that Cain was. They just want the world to revolve around them. Friends, anyone who cannot keep watch over his brother will compromise and conspire to kill him if the opportunity arises. Anyone that cannot keep watch over his brother, that cannot be his brother's keeper, he will compromise his brother, and if the opportunity arises, he will conspire to kill his brother. They are selfish people. Hallelujah. They are greedy. They just want the world to revolve around them. Number six. Walking the way of Cain depicts the following. Such folks are operating under a curse from God and the ground is caused for their sake. Hallelujah. Verse number 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? If you cannot be your brother's keeper, you'll be your brother's killer. Verse 10. And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. So such folks that are walking the way of Cain, 
they resort to extra biblical practices to get results because the ground is already cursed. That's why they resort to extra biblical practices. They go after voodoo. They do all manners of things because they are walking the way of Cain. They don't have regard for the Lord. The Lord means nothing to them. Just pay lip service to God. Let's just go there so that we can also wear the toga of Christians. Of Christianity. They can even speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Number seven. They are fugitives and wanderers on earth. In other words, they are never settled. One would notice where Cain is. They are never settled. They are fugitives and wanderers on the earth. They keep wandering from place to place. From place to place. They never settle down in one place. Watch out. You may be walking in the way of Cain. And from the New Testament perspectives, let me give you the remaining four or the remaining three. Hebrews 11 verse number four. Seen in the context of Genesis chapter four, what does it mean or what it means to walk in the way of Cain? Let's look at the New Testament perspective. Hebrews 11 four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts and through his faith, through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What is the point here? Cain was a man who operated in the flesh. He did not operate in faith. Isn't it implied? By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. And the opposite is his brother. Cain was one that walks in the flesh. Whereas Abel operated in, in, by faith. So Cain was a man who operated in the flesh. He did not operate in faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. From the Amplified. For we walk by faith. Give it to me in the Amplified. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Let me round up in a, in a bit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction of belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. With trust and holy favor, thus we walk, not by sight or appearance. Not by looking at the man that is blowing, not knowing what is driving him to blow. No. We walk by faith. Cain was a man that operated by the flesh. But whereas God wants us to walk by faith. Hallelujah. Write down 2 Corinthians 4.18, John 20.29 20, as additional scriptures. And number nine, because of our time, Cain did not operate in love. He was wicked and his deeds were evil. Hallelujah. Have you seen believers that are wicked? Have you seen believers that are wicked? And whose deeds are evil? We have believers like that. They are weak. Let me not finish saying it. Let your salt finish. And you are cooking your soup. And you say, bro, please, can I have some salt? I'm cooking. 
He'll tell you, don't you know the market day is today? What were you doing that you didn't buy market? They say, I don't want my lamp. To. They even quote scripture to justify themselves. Hallelujah. Whereas those who are guru babas, you ask them easily, they will give you. Those who walk in the way of Cain, they are wicked. They do not operate in love and their deeds are evil. First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. Just one more. Please bear with me. First John chapter 3 from verse 11 to 15. Just 11 and 12. We'll stop at 12. First John chapter 3, 11 and 12. ESV. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. 12. We should not be like who? Who was of the evil? I told you, you must check out what is driving them. He was of the evil one and he murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were and his brother's right. He was a wicked brother. He was wicked. His deeds are evil. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He never operated in love. He never loved his brother. And that was why he couldn't be his brother's keeper. And we have believers like that. Glory to God. Brothers, older brother, younger brother syndrome. He should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. He murdered him because his own deeds were evil. His own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Last but not the least, Cain represents everyone that hates his brother. Cain represents everyone who hates his brother. Glory to God. Verse 15. Go to verse 15 of the same 1 John chapter 3. Everyone who hates his brother is a and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Everyone that hates his brother is a murderer. That's a New Testament perspective. If you're going to walk in the way of Cain, then there is hate in you. To hate means to detest. You just detest somebody. You just detest them. To dislike dispassionately. It means to disgust. You are disgusted by a brother. Not because he has done anything. He just disgusts you. That brother just disgusts me. Hatred. I just don't like that brother. You know, he, he just, and you just despise him. Hatred. Hallelujah. To abhor. To hate means to despise. It means to have animosities against. Hallelujah. As a roundup this morning, we are all work in progress. You can dislike what your brother does. You can dislike what your sister does. But please don't hate them. Don't despise them. Don't let them disgust you. Don't abhor them. Hallelujah. You can hate what they do. It's allowed. But love them. Love them. Don't walk in the way of Cain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First John chapter 2, three scriptures and we'll pray. First John chapter 2 verse 11. From verse 9. If anyone claims I'm living in the light and hates his brother, 
New Living Translation. Give it to me in the NLT. Very quickly. We'll round up in a minute. If anyone claims I am living in the light, I am born again, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living where? In darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in. You are not yet born again. You can be speaking in tongues, but Christ does not know you. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. 1 John 2, 20 and 21, New Living Translation. If someone says, 1 John 4, 20, 21. 1 John 4. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a... That person is a... For if we don't love people that we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow You may hate what they are doing, but you have no right to hate them. Last but not the least, Leviticus 19, verses 17 to 18, New Living Translation. That's in the Old Testament. Leviticus, that is the genesis of this. <clears throat> Leviticus 19, verses 17 to 18. As we round up this morning, Leviticus 19. Do not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. Confront people directly so you will not be held guilty for their sin. Matthew 18 already made it clear. If somebody has an ought against you, go to him. What have I done? Let's make peace. Please forgive me. I forgive you. But don't nurse hatred in your heart. For any of your relatives. Confront people directly. So that you will not be held guilty for their sin. Do not seek revenge. Or bear a grudge. Against a fellow Israelite. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Stop bearing grudges against people. Hallelujah. Love your neighbor as yourself. The word of God is clear. God doesn't want us to walk in the way of Cain. Glory to God. Cain represents everyone that hates his brother, everyone that does not operate in love and is wicked and his deeds are evil. Cain represents those who operate in the flesh and do not walk by faith. Cain represents those folks who are already under a curse from God because the, the ground is cursed for their sakes. Cain, walking the way of Cain, represents those who are fugitives and wanderers upon the face of the earth. Those who are walking in the way of Cain are those who are selfish and do not care about the Lord, neither do they care about their brothers. Those who are walking in the flesh, uh, those who are walking in the way of Cain, they represent those who do not think deep and are unrepentant. They are people who are insensitive to spiritual matters and God's kingdom affairs. They lack perception and they pay lip service the things of the spirit. Those who walk in the way of Cain, they represent those 
who do not have regard for God. They despise God. And God also does not have regard for them. Let's rise up on our feet this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And make up our minds that we will not walk in the way of Cain. That we will not walk in the way of Cain. I don't know in any of these ten points where you think you are falling short. This message is never to condemn us. It's to bring us into a place of repentance. So a place where we will examine ourselves and make ourselves right with God our maker. It's supposed to bring us into alignment with God. Why don't you just say, Lord, here I am, help me. Bring me into alignment. Help me not to walk in the way of Cain. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice this morning and speak to your God about yourself, about your situation, about the way you are walking. Who is your example? Who are you modeling your life after? Whom are you modeling your business after? Whom are you modeling your family life after? Why don't you talk to God this morning? Talk to him this morning and ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. He's our father. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. here. The spirit of the Lord is here this morning. Ask for the help of God. Lift up your voice and pray for yourself. I can't feel you. I want to hear you pray this morning. I want to hear you pray this morning. I want to hear you pray this morning. This is about you. Help me, Lord, not to walk in the way of Cain. Help me never to walk in the way of Cain. Help me, Lord, to have regard for you. Help me, Lord, to have regard for you. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Help me to be sensitive to spiritual matters. Help me, Lord, to be sensitive to God's kingdom affairs. Help me, Lord, to be able to think deep and be repentant. When you show me where I have missed it, help me to be humble enough to be repentant before you. Help me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Lift up your voice for the next 60 seconds and pray for yourself. But you, beloved, building up yourself upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Just lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost for the next 60 seconds. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord, Lord, help us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All heads bowed and all eyes closed. If you are here this morning and you are not yet born again, that is the starting point. Jesus so much so loved, God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. He gave us his best when he gave us Jesus. 
we can embrace him and receive him here this morning. That's why he has allowed you to be in this service. Perhaps you know you have missed it. You can trace yourselves back to him and say, here I am, Lord. You can surrender all back to him from this moment. You can give him everything, starting by giving him your life, by laying down your life for him. So if you are here this morning, God is beckoning unto you to come. And he said, don't harden your heart if you are hearing him. Or also, perhaps you are already born again, but you are not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. With the initial vocal evidence of speaking with other tongues. Then God is here to meet with you. So if you are not born again, and you have that witness in your heart saying, yes, today is my day. Today is the day of salvation. And if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Raise up your right hand wherever you are. Raise it above your head. You want to give your life to Jesus. You, you had once done so in the past, but you know you have missed it. You want to retrace your step back. Raise up your right hand wherever you are in the auditorium. Raise it up above your head. Or you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial vocal evidence of speaking with other tongues. Raise up your right hand before the Lord. God bless you. If you are raising your hand, please step forward very quickly. Step forward. If anybody? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's wave our hands to the Lord and just appreciate Him. Let's give Him praise. Let's give Him praise. Just thank Him and appreciate Him for this world. As you make up your mind that I will never walk in the way of Cain by the help of the Lord. Lord, help me never to walk in the way of Cain. Thank you, Father. Let's continue to give thanks to God for the beautiful word that we have had this morning. Let's begin to bless His holy name. Let's continue to just thank Him because our God is good. Father, we thank you for this awesome time even in your presence. We give you praise and glory. Amen. Shall we rise even as we give our offering unto the Lord? We have had a good word this morning. Let us all rise. You can do your offering by transfer or you have cash. You can drop it in the envelope provided in the front of your seat. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you because you will cause us even to hear your word and, be, and to be doers of it in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Lord, as we have heard, O oh God, help us to be doers in Jesus' name. Help us to give, O oh God, even as we have given, even, on, even unto us in the name of Jesus. Bless our offering today, Lord. Let your word be confirmed over our lives as we got tithing in the name of Jesus. Bless those that desire to give but they do not have, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen.
of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at ppafan.org. Now, always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time, goodbye and God bless.